Raymond, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There was an actual <laughs> countdown on the app, and I just wasn't doing anything. Oh, I have local backup now. Okay. Oh, wait. We're starting to record. Oh. <laughs> well, that was our attempt at a uh, at an intro and a countdown. And as you can see, that went horribly. Uh, for future reference for us, there is a countdown on there. So I don't need a countdown. But anyways... This is a, uh, a reboot of High Fives, a podcast where we rank some of our favorite topics like the MCU, sitcoms, TV shows, movies, other random stuff. Uh, my name is JP, big sports fan, uh, Tottenham Hotspurs, Eagles, Orioles, also a huge fan of Harry Potter, Star Wars, the MCU, uh, Pokemon, and I will win any trivia contest that anyone would propose against me if that would ever happen. I don't know why I would. In any of those things. And today I'm joined by... Yep, I am Ray Contreras. I uh, work in an administrative role, very boring job. And when I'm not doing that, I'm doing my two favorite things, eating food and watching movies. Sometimes at the same time. I'm a very productive fellow in that regard. And we also have... Uh, my name is Zach Mioski. I am a structural engineer for a scaffolding company. Um, nothing to me. Really? It sounds like these guys wrote down some shit for their intro, not me. Um, I like to play games and uh, give crap input. That's what I'm here to do. And uh, that's everybody. I didn't mention what I do, but I'm in the Air Force. I do data science stuff. The cool, fun things. Anyways, moving on. Here we have our ad read from Rick Contreras. If we ever actually have an ad, this would be a great audition for one. This is a fake ad read, but here he is. And today we are brought to you by Peso Shave Club. Sign up to get your razors a lot cheaper and a lot shadier. Enroll today with promo code five. That's the single digit number five, not the word. I cannot stress that enough. They want me to read that. Back to your original programming. Thanks so much, Ray. So for today's topic, we are doing a true reboot. It's going to be ranking the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the top five movies, as well as an honorable mention, and a least favorite movie. So starting off, we're going to go least favorite movies, and I don't think this would be a very unpopular pick. Uh, this is one of the most forgettable movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I honestly wish it never happened. It doesn't really bring anything to the table except for introducing us to the Reality Stone, which we didn't really need there's other introductions of stones in the infinity war movie but here we are thor the dark world my least favorite movie in the mcu like i said it's forgettable thor has horrible writing the only redeeming quality is loki and he's barely even redeemable he's better than every other thing he's been in including the loki show by far the loki show which if anybody hasn't watched that it's an incredible watch and it's next week i'm really excited Moving on, this Thor the Dark World. Natalie Portman's awful. Kat Dennings is awful. I don't even know who the, the villain is. I the, Some dark elf. I don't know. It's, it's just terrible. It's a terrible movie. The lighting's terrible. You can't see a thing that's going on. This movie has zero business being of the MCU. And they, they could honestly, they could have started with Thor 1, which is still bad, and then just gone to Ragnarok. I'd be happy. I'd be fine. I think a lot of other people would. What do you think, Raymond? 
So you're not going to get any pushback from me. This is also my least favorite pick. Uh, just playing off of your note of it being forgettable. I forgot the actual title of this film. I wrote down Thor 2. I, do not, I did not know it was called The Dark World. Um, it has like just the, the grayest writing in the world. There's no development of any characters aside from Loki and Thor. But what he does get gets reverted anyway in, other, in movies after this. Uh, the pacing is horrible. I fell asleep going to this movie the first time I saw it in theaters. There's nothing engaging going on. And like, like as you said, you forgot who the villain was. They, I wrote down very uncompelling villain. I could not remember his name. I couldn't remember his motivations aside from the fact that he was trying to get the reality stone. And it's just, a, it's such a chore of a watch. I, it's, the, it's by far the movie I have rewatched the least in the MCU. I may have rewatched this movie once and I do not care to ever watch it again. Hmm. I've exactly? rewatched it. I don't even think I've watched it fully with even recalling what's happened while watching it. Um, also, my number one, uh, it was pretty bad. I had to watch the trailer before this podcast just to remember it. Um, I will say that right behind it was Iron Man 3 for me. Uh, a, a movie that I saw had no progression to the MCU whatsoever. And I could be wrong, and hopefully I'm not. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't that movie pretty much just based on um, some lizard dude coming in and uh, him, Tony Stark, and his wife uh, kind of getting an argument about putting away the suits, and then uh, turned out nothing really happened from it. I, I, we didn't go through the our list, let that be noted, of uh, least favorite movies because... Zachary over there would have gotten some severe pushback from Raymond and I, uh, two huge proponents of Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is actually one of my top 10 movies, I'd have to say. I, th I think it's really good. Wait, it shows a lot out. of progression. Um, it's a lot of progression for Tony after Avengers. It, ha it has a huge task of trying to live up to Avengers 1, similar to Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron didn't do a very good job of it. I, I still like it, but it's not great. Um, how do you follow Avengers 1? You follow it with your staple of the cinematic universe, and you see how he deals with it. I think it's a really good writing piece of writing on PTSD, on who Tony is without the suit. And I think, granted, granted, he did say he's destroyed the suits, but I think you can kind of wipe that away with, A, his character development in Age of Ultron, where he even says, like, I told Pepper to destroy the suits, but then we had to go take care of all this uh, stuff with Hydra. And, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I don't know, Rim, what you got? Because I, I know you love that movie, too. <laughs> I do love Iron Man 3, and um, it hurts me that Zach would put that on the least favorite. <laughs> so many other options. But um, I think you know Hulk everything I love about well, the movie but... right there as well. I don't think it's... But it's, it's so many things worse <laughs> in the MCU. Not that I think this is bad at all, but and another thing, if this podcast doesn't work out, we got to get Zach on these plot summaries for these movies because that was entertaining. <laughs> at the very minimum. So after that uh, appalling choice from Zach, we're going to move into our honorable mention for uh, favorite movies. Um, I had two because I guess I didn't get the memo. Uh, my two honorable mentions were Iron Man 1 
which would be probably in the seventh spot, and Avengers won in the sixth spot. Um, Iron Man won, but like everyone's seen it. It's it's the movie. It starts the MCU. Iron Man wasn't a household name before this movie came into place. Like people who are comics obviously knew who he was, but like everyone knows Superman, everyone knows Batman, everyone knows Hulk, Spider Man. Iron Man is not someone everybody was like, oh yeah, he's one of my favorite characters. After Robert Downey came in, Robert Downey Jr. came in and played this role better than probably any other role he's played. Iron Man became a household name. He kickstarted the universe that was one of the most profitable franchises of all time, if not the most profitable. I don't know that number off the top of my head. Um, the writing was great. Tony Stark's redemption arc was great. And, I mean, I know it probably made a lot of kids want to be an engineer. It did for me. It just didn't work out for me. Um, and then for Avengers 1, I mean, it's the first team-up movie. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. I still remember going to watch it when I was a kid. I think it came out in 2012, so I was a freshman in high school, or just finishing um, a freshman year in high school. And I liked the MCU. I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't really see the bigger picture as what was going on. I remember asking my mom, I was like, hey, why are all these like superhero movies coming on? Like, What's up with like Iron Man and Captain America? And she gave me some weird-ass answer like, oh, I think everybody needs a hero right now. And I was like, that's a bunch of shit. But uh, now we know it's because Kevin Feige is a genius, and the MCU is incredible. It's been my favorite movie franchise, and Avengers was the start of it. They sh- it was the proof of concept to show that this kind of idea works. These team-up movies work. Seeing the six main Avengers come together in New York with the background of what is my favorite orchestral piece and a cinematic movie of all time, it still gives me chills to this day. It's an incredible scene. It's an incredible movie. I love it. I really do. Uh, Raymond, your honorable mentions? So my honorable mention is uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. After seeing a glimpse of Tom Holland's Spider-Man in Civil War, I think everyone had a lot of anticipation going into this movie. Uh, Bar wasn't exactly high for Spider-Man content, considering it was coming off the heels of Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is just... uh, Well, that's a nice topic for another day of how bad that movie is. But, you know, like people were down on Spider-Man a little bit. It's still one of the most important characters in comic book history, but... We go into Spider-Man Homecoming, all the pressures on this character, on this movie to be written well for this character, and I feel like they came through amazingly, setting it up and doing it like the guise of a high school kind of romantic comedy, like with with the, just going through that entirely was very cool, setting up the, like his characters, you got Ned, and that's a good change of pace for how he's handled like support characters he doesn't have in the last two iterations of Spider-Man, he doesn't really have a strong cast of support characters around him and just setting it up the vibe of it like it was very well written and on top of that it has one of the best written villains in the mcu in my opinion we got you know the og batman himself rocking that role and i just um i loved it so it's one of my favorite rewatches to do i love to go back and see all the iconic scenes see the uh the scene in the car where he's just telling him he's going to kill him <laughs> seeing spider-man lift up that rubble off of him just stri- pulling that scene straight out of a comic book i love this movie so much and it's one of my favorite ones to watch so that's why it's my honorable mention 
What about you, Zach? Um, I'm in agreement with Iron Man 1 as being my first one. Uh, pretty much kind of going back to what JP said, it was uh, very enlightening into me for what I wanted to do growing up and uh, kind of putting my brain to the test and engineering and stuff like that. Uh, and that's what I do today. Not on that level, but um, I did go through the ringer for engineering school and that's what I ended up being. And I do put Iron Man 1 as being a pretty big contribution into that. Um, also, just very well done on how to start off a, a universe in general. Uh, Tony Stark could have done it any better, to be honest. Um, overall, good movie. I mean, JP kind of just explained it all very well. Uh, my second honorable mention is Endgame. Um, mainly because I thought the lead up to Endgame is what, in my opinion, made Endgame so satisfying so i would feel like i cheated the few movies beforehand before putting endgame above it but endgame was great it concluded the that uh whole phase very well and um yeah had some of the best scenes that the 23 movies had overall so that's why that is in my honorable mentions we're gonna need to screen these lists. <laughs> I, I will say uh, I wasn't sure how many movies there were, so the fact that Zach knew twenty three off the top of his head, or I don't think there's twenty three. I think there is. Now. I think you're right. I don't. I mean, from home I mean as of now, there's not. There's more than twenty three. I think the Black Widow made is twenty four. Regardless, nice recall. So moving forward, um, we're gonna gloss over Zach putting Endgame at number six. Uh, we're gonna fight about that later. Uh, we're going to move into our actual top five movies. Insert applause here. So my number five is going to be Thor Ragnarok. Um, to caveat this top five and the honorable mention things like that, and also MCU, so Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm not talking about the Raimi Spider-Man movies who wouldn't have made the list anyways because they're absolute trash, and I will die on that hill, the Amazing so Spider-Man the end Spider-Verse movie, which probably would have cracked this. Any of those other previous Marvel movies are not going to be on these lists. So, Thor Ragnarok, my number five movie. Taika Waititi turned this character around. Thor The Dark World, Thor 1, they are bad. They're in the bottom five. Without question, they're bad movies. I, I do not like watching those movies. I don't like those movies. They're not fun to watch. Thor Ragnarok was not only well-written, it's funny, it added in Hulk, it added in Valkyrie, it gave Loki his best writing up to date, and it gave Thor his best writing up to date. He did great with Thor's emotion, I mean, he's lost everybody, his father, his mother, he will soon have lost Loki and Heimdall. It, he really leans into it. The whole, are you the Thor god of hammer scene, it's kind of played off as like a joke, but I think it like really pushes him because, I mean, Thor won, it took away his hammer. And I was like, okay, whatever. He's going to get it back, and he gets it back. Crazy. Uh, Thor 2, that couldn't tell you. I don't know what happens. But Thor 3, he gets his hammer destroyed, and he has to like figure out like how strong he is without the hammer. He's the god of thunder. He is Thor, and it really pushes him into the next movie. I have to get another weapon, but still, he pushes him to another level, and he's able to defeat Hela, who is not the worst villain, but she's a, a, she's a workable villain for this storyline. And Thor and Loki's relationship 
is great in this movie. It finally builds upon itself. It really gets to a spot where they're both happy with each other and sets up Loki to die well in Infinity War. Spoiler alert. And it really shows like you don't need to be super strict with the adaptation material. Like I don't care if Thor isn't like this comedian in the comics. Like he's funny in these movies and he is an actual person as opposed to like this guy with this, some facade as like the god of thunder or the god of whatever. He's like just this semi-quasi-serious character that makes, like, forced jokes in the Avengers movies and then, like, never have any jokes in the other movies. This movie, he's actually funny. And he does great. Hulk was great. Having Bruce Banner in this meshed really well for me with Thor, considering they are the two strongest Avengers, at least at that point in time they were. And Valkyrie is also a great addition. I think that having the whole, if not flirty, like, thing that they had together was more... Valkyrie was a good addition to set up her being the Queen of Asgard in Infinity War and Endgame. And I think it's going to be really fun to see where things play after this because Thor is now somebody who wants to stay in the role and I think we can have fun watching him. Raymond? So yeah, uh, it didn't make my list, but I, uh, like, I have nothing negative to say about Thor Ragnarok super specifically other than the fact that... Um, like I said, like I felt that it was cheapened by the next movie, Thor having to go through another weapon. That kind of changed my thinking of how I like processed Ragnarok and, and viewing viewings after that. But um, aside from that, like I thought this was a really strong step in the right direction. Like letting this is definitely the kind of movie where they actually like let a director put their own personal flair into the movie more so than have it just be a formulaic uh, plot line just so we can get to the next movie. You know sell toys all that <laughs> but in regards to thor ragnarok as a whole i still it's a very enjoyable film i enjoy watching it i enjoy watching it back and um yeah i feel like it's a really good pick it just didn't make my top five zach oh my list has been turned upside down because <laughs> that is my number one <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> In a very similar fashion, I thought the turn in writing for Thor, the Hulk, and it, it was kind of—it it goes back to what I was saying about Endgame, where I didn't want to put it above kind of the the good lead up that Endgame got from the previous movies, like in, in Infinity War and and uh, Ragnarok and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two. I know it wasn't a lead up; that was beforehand as well. What was the what was the one right before Ragnarok? If I Uh, Doctor Strange, maybe? Yeah, but okay. So yeah, we'll go into that and how right after that in like Ragnarok, how Doctor Strange got his in, like he instantly got into the next movie. You got to see how he was going to interact with like Thor and and Loki and how he was acting with them and um, just the the turnaround writing for Thor and Loki and the Hulk and how you you were going to see the Hulk from now on from his hiatus that came from uh, Age of Ultron. and um, Let me see. Uh, and then Valkyrie. Wait, what's her... Is her character name just Valkyrie? Or am I tripping? Oh, that's Valkyrie. We're good. Yeah. She is a great character. Very well written. I believe she's still alive, right? Yep. Confirmed? Yeah, because she was in the end scene for Endgame. So, yeah. He's in Asgard. Very excited to see her continue. Um, and uh, so, since that is my number one, I will go ahead and share my number five. My number five is the first Avengers movie. 
and um, I thought, you know, that was kind of like the the first movie where, you know, you saw everybody come together and it, it, and how they were going to tie these movies together, and it, it showed what the potential was for the future in it. Um, it's hard to you know to direct what was I think three or four different movie lines on the one at that point. Was it Thor, Iron Man, Captain America? And I guess if you want to count the Incredible Hulk, yeah, sort of Hulk, um, all into one movie out of kind of nowhere, um, and how well it was kind of played out and the potential it had for a movie franchise was just great. Um, I've watched it plenty of times, and uh, yeah, I thought uh, did really well, and it also introduced Loki, a villain out of you know kind of nowhere and how he's maintained all the way through Endgame is insane and now has his own series it's, it was very well written and that is why I made my top 5 and uh yeah Raymond right, did we so, see your top uh, 5? my top 5 and my or number 5 fit. sorry is uh, Iron Man 1 which you two both had in your honorable mentions so I just I valued it a little bit more <laughs> and made my top 5 you know, aside from the fact that it had a shaky villain and started the whole like started the whole MCU, but it also started the trend of having some shaky third acts. Uh, this movie was a fantastic introduction into the universe. This universe's flawed, charismatic version of Tony Stark, and it was it was like it was the spark plug for the entire MCU. It made it started everything. It gave it the momentum it needed, and I think that John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. working hand in hand to get this script work uh, written as they were shooting it. it was that they were putting out pages as they were shooting the film. And I feel like it shows, you know, it has a sort of a loose vibe to it, but in the best way possible, because they were discovering what the character was going to be. And they were letting Robert Downey Jr. find that character on like with the camera rolling. And I felt it felt very organic. And I feel like that's why so many people enjoyed it. And I think that's what really kickstarted the whole, like we can make these comic book movies a thing and continue. And we get to where we are now, which is with a giant collection of amazing movies based on comic books we all love. And that is why Iron Man is my number five. That was a good conclusion to your essay, Raymond. I like that. Start with a thesis, end with a thesis. So um, I will say, Zach, that uh, Loki was introduced to Thor 1, not Avengers 1. Yeah, well, I didn't fucking watch. I, not that's, that I didn't that, watch. I don't remember yeah, Thor that's 1 totally or fair. Thor That's 2. totally fair, which brings me back to my original point. Thor 1 and 2 are absolute Thor, ass. He, Thor 2 was after uh, Avengers, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. When did he get introduced? What What did he do in Thor 1? Thor 1, he was like the catalyst for Thor getting sent off the planet. He was, he like, was, the, he was the satellite villain. <laughs> yeah. Did he have a main part, or was it kind of just like a... Yeah, sort of, kind of. It was more just like... Uh, they, my issue with Thor 1 is that they should have emphasized more on Thor and Loki's relationship as opposed to Thor and... Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman's relationship, because that was ridiculous. No, dude, and look how far it went. Yeah, true. Off-screen breakup. <laughs> yeah. And JP, if they give but more about to be to in, about to be an on-screen switcheroo. And that's true. If they give more on-screen time it's for Loki and Thor's relationship, they gotta cut out the Listen, weekend at Bernie's ass fucking stuff he does on Earth. I said at the beginning of this, in my intro, that <laughs> I was here for crap input. And that's what I'm here to do. 
So you can't say anything. You I, I gave I gave forewarning. <laughs> That's true. We can't uh we can, we can we can't clap back at them. That's true. No more no more criticism. And I didn't exact. have As a pilot right I didn't have a pilot episode <laughs> to practice this. <laughs> hey, hey. If I have anything to say about it, neither do we. That that will be gone from the record. Hmm. But moving on to uh We'll just Michael edit Chase's inputs in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we uh moving on to my number four. We're gonna go with Guardians of the Galaxy number one. So uh Guardians for me is probably the easiest movie to show to somebody who like hasn't watched a Marvel movie before. Which is kind of ironic because like this was probably a riskier movie for Marvel to make. It was kind of the weird cosmic side of like of the MCU. Like no one had really moved into it besides like the end scene of Avengers One. It was like we had the Tesseract in Captain America, but once we moved into Guardians of the Galaxy, it was full on Infinity Stones. It was weird characters. It was Howard the Duck. It was the Collector being wacky. Um, the only issue this movie has is the villain. Uh, Ronan isn't great. He's just kind of like your stereotypical like cartoony evil guy because reasons because the Kree don't like someone else. I don't know, bits and pieces here and there, but what I will say about this movie is that it introduces to some of my favorite characters in the MCU. Uh, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill is almost as good of a casting as Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. And again, similar to Ragnarok, I know that these characters are not comic book accurate, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. They made these characters amazing in the movies. And another thing is whoever came up with the idea to kind of like embed a soundtrack in this movie genius i i would assume it's james gunn if it wasn't james gunn it's a brilliant idea i have the soundtrack of absolute classics running in my car for a year and a half after this movie came out incredible soundtrack great writing compelling heroes incredibly compelling heroes extremely funny like the opening scene of this movie itself like describes it perfectly it's just peter quill turning on his his uh what do you have raymond it's like a walkman or something like that yeah, a walkman sony walkman yeah yeah sony walkman just singing and kicking rats as he went and stole the time st- or the uh power stone from his from his hobby place and it's a great movie it doesn't quite uh crack the top three but it's still incredible and that's why it's in my top five and number four raymond Well, it also made my list <laughs> a little bit higher, but uh, I feel like you hit the nail on the head about Chris Pratt's casting. He was amazing as Peter Quill, and I just feel like his this just played into his wheelhouse. Like that, he did action comedy with a little bit of drama. He flexes muscles there. I thought that he did amazing in the role. You know, loved him on Parks and Rec as a as Andy, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I love this movie as well. I feel like it made my list for a reason, and uh, I'll go into that whenever we get to that part. But yeah, that's all I have to say. And my, I'll go into my number four. Uh, so my number four is uh, Avengers One. And you know, like like you said also earlier, it's the it, it's the original team up movie, and uh, one of the strongest things that I love about it is the fact that it's an amazing start for Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. I feel like his whole vibe has they introduced him in this way 
like him hiding out, helping others, but trying not to be found out. I thought that was a great interpretation of the character. And I, it just let me know that, okay, we have a, like for once in our lifetime, we're gonna have a great Hulk interpretation on like live TV, on TV, on the screen. Um, you know, and you got, you got Joss Whedon in the writer's booth, just in his quippy prime. And at least we had we had Favreau there to hold him in check a little somewhat. So it wasn't just Iron Man the movie, although it got really close. Um, I feel like it had a very, very good uh, driving narrative and with Loki being the villain using the Chitauri as a, as a army. I thought that was really cool. And just every scene where the villain has a one on one with one character, I feel like is just iconic. Like, He's got agent the scene with Agent Coulson, his whole monologue at uh, Natasha Romanov, this Black Black Widow, and I just feel like all those instances where he is being able to like show what his character is, like the the trickster, the schemer, and still be so charming at it is why we love the character, and I thought that that drove the movie very well, and just going into it, all the iconic team up like moments where they land in New York and they're. It's just, it's amazing to me as a comic book fan, seeing that translated to the screen. And uh, Avengers 1, I will always go back and enjoy love, uh, enjoy watching it. And it just had to be in my, in my top five and it landed at four. What do you think, Zach? Well, I went on my spiel about the first Avengers movie, so I agree with you. You're only one above where I put it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I agree with everything you said. Um my four is uh, similar but different, and I will be probably hit in the face after this podcast for this. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, you're not wrong. Love it. You're uh, not wrong. <laughs> I love that movie. I it is probably only a few rewatches behind Ragnarok for me. Um, I love the play or the the playlist i guess soundtrack okay soundtrack of it i play that at work um all the time around my car um i think one of the reasons i liked a lot more was the relationship with yondu evolving i thought yondu was a great character um the rocket or not the rocket the scene with yondu and rocket and uh groot inside of the um i guess the control panel room of the ship and then just like looking at the cameras and whatnot and going through that whole scene was just oh it was great the the soundtrack for that scene was great um and it's kind of what really put over the top with me was yondu because i thought he deserved more screen time from volume one or guardians of the galaxy one even though i know that guardians of the galaxy one was more about guardians of the galaxy but um kurt russell wasn't like the best villain but kurt russell is kurt russell and he's a great actor and i thought he did well um but i mean i'm in total agreement with what you said about the original guardians i think chris pratt peter quill was no other nobody else could do it um i do like zoe saldana as gamora she did really she did a splendid job um i think there's a theory of her being alive because of Endgame. Don't know if that's going to fall through because of JP's favorite movie franchise, Avatar. But we'll see. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, how can you not love a movie about family when Vin Diesel's in it? Uh, so that concludes my top four movie. Uh, as a disclaimer, I hate the Avatar movie. I think it's overrated. And I will also die on that hill. That and the Remy Spider-Man. <laughs> Can't stand him. Okay, I can stand Avatar. But I, I just want to bring this up. It is bullshit. That movie is credited as, like, the top movie ever. And they say, oh, Endgame was also in theater for a long time. Avatar got released, then re-released, and then re-released. It was re-released like four times, maybe five. I don't know how many times. That movie was in theaters for a year. And also, it was like only in 3D. So obviously, ticket sales are going to be higher. Besides <laughs> that. Besides, I, I, <laughs> I could go on for a while. But yeah, I, I will say Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is very good. Um... It might be 10 or 11 for me. It's it, it, Yondu definitely was a very compelling uh, character in that movie. It was a good pro- it was a good thing to have the uh, parallels between Peter's actual dad and Yondu, who was like his surrogate father, but turned out to be a better, a much better dad than Kurt Russell's character ever was. I do have to say that Ego, I do think, was Marvel's first attempt at. A good villain aside from Loki, that that is kind oh, of no. the thing. The, the idea was great. I just, I just don't think it was really played out well. It was played out well for a one movie villain, I guess. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. That's definitely fair. Yeah, I, Guardians. I mean, it's, life, it's so. their first attempt at really looking into the whole celestial villain. Pretty that's much. true. That's true. Which hopefully they'll build upon moving forward because i guess that's that's actually a fair point because like i would i would assume that celestials would be a pretty good match for eternals right so like thanos i guess he was he was like a what an ex-eternal or like an exiled one he would probably do pretty well against thanos and peter quill was able to and the guardians of the galaxy were able to handle him not easily but they handled him they were able to figure him out yeah man just made him go sleep sleep man just made him go sleep sleep Mantis. Mantis, okay. <laughs> Mantis is number one. Not really. But moving on to uh, speaking of ones. So I move on to number three. And my number three is going to be uh, Civil War. Which uh, I know some people, including Raymond, maybe including Raymond, don't love Civil War. Um, I love Civil War. I really do. It's... The only complaint I think that is that can be given is that the reason for the Accords was somewhat contrived. Um, if we go into the scene, like describing like everything that happened, you have like New York, and the Avengers should have been like, "Yeah, like bro, that was aliens. We we saved this. We stopped this from happening." And then DC, which is from Winter Soldier, that was the government. That was Hydra. They they saved that as well. And then. What was it? And then, uh, yeah, obviously Sokovia. That one was on us. That's on That's on Tony Stark. And obviously, uh, Lagos, I think is where it was. That was off, obviously, I mean, I was on Scarlet Witch. So, like, two of the four, fair enough. But, like, the first two, that's, that's, that's tricky. That's, that's tough to really kind of pull through. And they kind of glossed that over that. But aside from that, I think that 
the addition of like Spider-Man and Black Panther into the MCU with this movie was perfect. I think the argument can be made that they are both better in this movie than they were in their own movies, especially Black Panther, rest in peace, because I think possibly that uh, the cancer getting the shot with Bozeman could have had something to do with his acting ability in Black Panther because that was filmed after Civil War, etc., etc. But nonetheless, Spider-Man, I remember watching the trailer for this movie, freshman year of college, and thinking, oh my gosh, that's, that's Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man the MCU. That's incredible. I have never been more excited. I had never been more excited to see a movie until Civil War because Spider-Man that showed up and had that whole thing like, hey, everyone, and then just cut to black. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best movie ever. And I wasn't disappointed. I think Zemo had a reason to be pissed off at the Avengers. I think the Accords weren't necessarily necessary for the conflict to happen. Um... Tony Stark's parents being killed by Bucky, I think that could have been it. I think they could have just done it like that. I really do. But Zemo's motivations and the misdirect at the end, actually, I was a fan of because typically these team, these like fighting movies, you have Batman v Superman. Oh, they fought each other and now here's a bigger threat. They have to team up. But in this movie, they get there, they act like they're going to team up to go fight these winter, other winter soldiers and then Zemo actually had killed them and he just has his TV playing, and it's Iron from a very convenient camera. Uh, it's Iron Man's parents getting killed by Winter Soldier, and obviously Captain America knew about this because of the previous movie. And I like the misdirect ended up making it so Captain America and Bucky fought Iron Man. I think that was a really good misdirect. I really, really enjoyed that. And I know the whole critique about this movie is just to make a comic, a comic book panel come to life. But that comic panel is freaking sweet. The whole Iron Man blasting his like beams into Captain America's shield. That is such a stunning visual effect. That looks amazing. And I do, people also say that there were really no effects to Civil War going into Infinity War. But they, they, lost, they lost without each other. That was explicitly stated in Endgame. And that's because Tony didn't want to call Cap. And so Tony went and fought Thanos by himself with Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and the Guardians. But he thought it was going to be Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, and that's it. And then Captain America fought with everybody else on Earth, and they lost because they are separated. And I think that Civil War did have lasting effects, and it was an important lasting effect to have. There were consequences. That's That can't go unnoticed. There were definitely consequences, and this movie was all around a really fun watch. The airport scene, while obviously didn't have any major consequences was still a very fun watch as well it's it's a movie i can rewatch. probably i've probably watched this one more than every other movie besides infinity war because it's just so easy to just turn on i, I love it i really do uh raymond so um your number three coincided with mine i also have civil war i don't know where you got the idea that i don't like civil war <laughs> um civil war is also my number three on the list like you said it's um introducing the introductions of both those characters and spider-man and black panther i feel like they couldn't have been stronger i thought that was amazing just seeing t'challa step out and actually seeing him like immediately get not power scale but just a demonstration of where he's at just booking it down that uh that uh traffic tunnel running after captain america on the motorcycle and winter soldier just in pursuit seeing that whole sequence of events just like really made it for me like oh crap like we're actually looking at 
Black Panther on live. Like, it just felt like it was very well directed. It was very well done. I enjoyed the villain, Baron Zemo, like his, his methodical nature. And then we don't really know the depth of his motivations until the very last scene he's in. I thought that was all very good. And even to the point wherever, like the way the way his and T'Challa's arcs are like coincide and meet at the end, and one reaching for obviously killing killing himself and him saving his father's killer, like just that cathartic moment being able to meet and then finish out their arcs for the movie for that movie, right there at the same time was something very powerful. Um, and that's this is the this is the B story of this movie. There's so much going on in this movie, and some people might think that it was cluttered, but I thought it was handled very well. I thought they gave service to every storyline that they laid out um, equally. And just going into like this really is just like dealing with Iron Man <laughs> and Captain America for the rest of that part of the movie, and exploring their relationship and how like Iron Man's already coming off sort of unbalanced emotionally after his dealings with Pepper. <laughs> And uh, that's a, that's displayed during his introduction scene in this movie, and just seeing that, seeing, um, seeing Steve Rogers in a very vulnerable spot as well. You know, the love of his life before he was frozen. He sees her. She turned into an old woman, and she passed away. He had to attend her funeral. And I feel like that's just them. The movie lending it to us, like both of these characters are in a very emotional state and they're going to respond emotionally to whatever comes up and that's what happens and that's what the giant rub of the movie is and i just i loved how that was laid out it's one of the most iconic comic book storylines ever and i thought it was done justice by this film regardless of the small changes they made zach yeah okay so see what's 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 about to happen is a high school rendition of when your teacher's like everybody make a powerpoint about their most inspirational uh you know person in life you know who really inspired them and i'm about to go up and be like the fifth kid to choose like lebron james or something right <laughs> uh and then i'm just gonna have to repeat the same shit over again uh number three civil war Hell yeah. um, there it is baby i'll Consensus. i'll give the i'll give the 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 generic input um kind of what i always go back to and like uh how it all ties together you know civil war uh introduced a lot of relationships all at once kind of out of nowhere the airport scene uh great scene i don't rewatch that movie but i do rewatch that scene um it was a great fight scene uh i thought you know the relationships came out of it with captain miracle and iron man um really kind of set up that tension leading up into when uh you know thanos starts kind of becomes more relevant and um you kind of begin to wonder like what the fuck's gonna happen and shit like that and then you have you know uh james rhodes who just got hospitalized by vision and like how do you expect you know tony stark to act that his best friend just got paralyzed waist down by somebody that he was supposed to fight with you know in the next few movies um so yeah it was it, the big thing for me civil war set up a lot of relationships it progressed a lot of characters and uh had a dope ass fight scene um 
and yeah, I'll just leave it generic. Yeah, I mean, finally consensus. We've <laughs> had like fairly similar movies moving on to this, but yeah, Civil War. I, I'm gonna assume that well, one movie is definitely gonna be in everybody's top two, at least. Maybe top one. I'd be really shocked if it wasn't all of our top ones. Um, uh, actually, no, we already Ragnarok. know. Everyone. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we have the the, the weird guy who has. Yes, I am here for the small percentage of people who with the wrong opinion <laughs> who don't agree with the, the the majority but love their individual movies as long as <laughs> Captain Marvel is not in your top five <laughs> <laughs> which is fair because um that movie was awful it was it was yeah it wasn't great it wasn't great um yeah so my number two uh in a previous episode I said this was number five. I will say this movie is number two after having rewatched it multiple times since then. I rewatch these all these movies from time to time just because, you know, I'm working on a computer, look over, I might as well throw a Marvel movie on. Let's go ahead and do that. So number two, Avengers Endgame. Surprise, surprise. Um what I will say is that if we're going on like off of enjoyment, this movie's really tough to beat, right? Like, it's it's very satisfying. It ties together an entire ten years of movies of characters who've all grown up loving, seeing them develop, seeing multiple character arcs take place, seeing them lose people, seeing them excel at every, most things they do. These movies are amazing. But Endgame is just a perfect, like... I love things that have a nice little bow at the end. I love the Office season finale or series finale there is a nice bow at the end i'm a big fan of that if this the show or movie doesn't tie it off with a bow it's already on my shit list endgame does that endgame does a great job just going through everybody's past movies without like almost forcing it like they needed to go back and get these stones they need to go back in time and get these stones and they did that by going through every other movies and that i i think that was a perfect way to do things the way Tony Stark figured it out, kind of suspect. Um, an inverted Mobius strip is impossible, but whatever. Moving on past that, um, I can I can say that the com- the comment that he kind of goes down there like on his first try and gets it. I- I'm going to assume that he already has quite a knowledge about time travel. He's already thought about this because when Scott talks about it, he Tony's like, "Oh, we thought about all this stuff." So obviously Tony's like thought about this deeply and then he finally figures it out and he has to choose between his family or doing what's right. And he he chooses the latter. And I think if there's any movie that I could watch again for the first time, it would be this one. And that is specifically for the portal scene. Um, Start off with the score is amazing. Like it's the intro to it it's great it's like a solo trumpet for captain america standing alone against thanos and his army because captain america that's what he does he's he doesn't give up he could do this all day you know the line but then he hears a hey on your left another callback and then all these pools start showing up and then the it keeps on going the orchestra keeps on going keeps on building until everything's there and then it moves on into the avengers theme again the best theme 
with any of these kinds of movies. It's incredible. And uh, as a side note, I did use the Portal song for my commissioning. Like, I genuinely love this and the score. And it's a crime that Alan Silvestri didn't at least get a nomination for his musical score. It's incredible. And I that is, that is a point that the Academy hates movies that do well. But that's beside the point. Endgame is an incredible movie. It finally finished up Tony Stark's arc. It finished up Captain America's arc. It finished up Black Widow's arc. It did really well with all the original Avengers. They could not have done this better. People have comments about Fat Thor. I think it's fair. I think Marvel movies do a decent job with commenting, like with a commentary on PTSD. I think they do an okay job with that. Thor lost literally everybody, and then he lost, and it was his fault. He came back. He didn't aim for the head because he wanted to gloat, and then Thanos snapped everybody or half of everybody away. It was Thor's fault. And then Thor went and chopped his head off, and they didn't feel better about it because who would? And so he just got depressed. I think, why why would he not be Fat Thor? He has no reason to be a god anymore. He's just going to sit back and play Fortnite with Korg and Meek. Why would he, well, what else would he do? I, I think Endgame is an amazing movie. It was a perfect ending, and the only reason it's not number one is because of the movie that's right before it. And as a standalone movie, it just it just isn't, isn't as good. I think we probably all know what my number one is. But, uh, Raymond? So, yeah, you and I have the same uh, two and one. <laughs> uh, I also Way have to be Endgame. original. I also have Endgame as my number two. And, um, Imagine you know, the same top three. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you know, Endgame, at my roots... I, I love a heist film. And uh, and that's what this movie starts off as. <laughs> One hell of a time-traveling heist film. And I just, I love that aspect of it. It's a bit of a, a vibe switch from previous films. And, you know, I guess this is the last chapter of this saga. They got to go all out. They got to do, got to shake some stuff up and then bring stuff to a conclusion. And... I just, you know, I'm a sucker for the moments in this movie, like the iconic moments, like being able to see Captain America grabbing Mjolnir, tossing that at Thanos, like getting, ringing it right back. Like the theater just erupted in applause. Like it was just a, it was just a wave of emotion. And I just, I loved it. It was, it was just like, it was Nirvana for a comic book fan seeing that happen on screen and having Chris Evans, who has bodied his depiction of the character so well. That you can't think of anyone else's Iron Man, and with so many other characters can be said the same. Yeah, casting in this is all amazing, and just like being able to see all of that, and at the same time through the time travel, Tony Stark having a cathartic moment in conversation with his father, and like that, that just that just teed it off for me. I just I love the closure, the moments, the finality of the film. It's all so. It's also great. And the events of this film's like cherry on top. The events of this film let us have Loki Disney Plus series. And that's been amazing. <laughs> you know, it's one last gift that this awesome movie has given us. And, you know, this film just takes us across the finish line and lets us bid farewell to two of the best characters I've ever seen in movie history. And I grew up watching the characters developed and seeing them finish up their run. It was emotional for me. I cried in the theater watching this. I love this movie. And, you know, it just it's an amazing way to wrap up the Infinity Saga in a way that an 11-year-old Raymond walking out of 
Iron Man 1 with the credits rolling, with Black Sabbath blaring. I could have never seen this coming. I didn't know where they were going with this. I thought I just saw a great movie, and I did, and I didn't think I was going to be in store for another 22 great movies after that. I just, I love this movie, and like I said, the only reason it's not number one is because of its predecessor. Zach, yeah. what do you got for number two? Um, I won't go too much into it. Uh, I'm sure you two will cover the uh, details as it will be your number one. But uh, my number two was Infinity War. Um, I think kind of what I always spewed on in this top five was the storytelling and uh, the development. And uh, that's kind of where my end game fell to my honorable mentions. And it's kind of the same feeling I have with Iron Man 1 where it was more of a a start and end to a series and not really that middle storytelling. Um, I thought Infinity Ward set up Endgame perfectly. I thought there's uh, just everything tying together, the the people that, you know, uh, turn into dust at the end um, and kind of how you saw Thanos' kind of resolve and his what he thought would be the end of it, which, I mean, to old Thanos, that was the end of it. He had done what he wanted to do, but um, overall, I mean, it, it, it had an amazing tie-in with every single character that ever popped up in the MCU. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just end it there because uh, the other two will tackle that one here. Tackle, we will. Um, Infinity War. I saw this movie. Raymond can attest. I think four times in the first couple weeks this movie was out in theaters. Um, I have never been so enthralled by a movie like this. When I heard that they're gonna throw everybody in, there's like sixty three characters in this thing. There's like sixty three characters, and I was wondering how are they gonna do this. Like, that's too much. Like, Avengers 2 was packed. Civil War was packed. How are they going to do all this? And they surprised me because what they did was they made Thanos the main character. That was brilliant. Because there's there's all these, like, villain greats. There's, like, you have, like, your Heath Ledger's Joker, who's, like, kind of, like, the uh, the pinnacle, the peak, like, movie villain. And anybody who's at, or, and then you have, like, uh, Killmonger and Black Panther who is by far the best villain in the MCU up until Infinity War. I think it's very close between him and Thanos. So they had a lot to build on. And Thanos just completely blew me away. His monologue in the... I mean, you know, I'm going to go back to the preview, like I did with Civil War. The preview for this movie, when this came out, I, I was just laying in bed, just woken up. I got a text from Raymond saying, hey, Civil Infinity War previews out. I'm like, ooh, better go watch it. And I saw that, and I was like, shit. We got like eight months. This isn't cool. This is not cool. I don't like this. So we go into this movie, and I'm just thinking, how are they going to do this entire movie? And we have this monologue from Thanos at the beginning. And we go and see this like wreckage that he's already beaten Thor, who is very obviously one of the strongest Avengers. We're like, oh my god, he beat the crap out of Thor. Like, oh, oh my gosh. 
And then you have Loki with his redemption saying, first of all, I'm not his guardian. He's like, second, we have a Hulk, which is a great callback to Iron Man, uh, to Avengers 1 with Iron Man saying that to him. Really showing that he is an Avenger. And Hulk comes out and we're like, oh yeah, Hulk's coming out. He's going to get him. And then Thanos handles Hulk. He handles him. And this is a perfect way to introduce him as this character who is like not to be trifled with. He is like the strongest villain we've seen. He dealt with Thor. He dealt with Hulk. He dealt with every Asgardian. Obviously it's like his, uh, I don't know what they're called in these movies, but you know, his, his hand was helping him, but he dealt with Hulk. He dealt with everybody. And so at that moment, we're like, okay, this is a different kind of villain. Moving on, we go into a great intro scene with Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Wong, and Banner. And we have this long take, which always like sticks in my head with this movie, where it's like just showing like all this chaos that's ensuing because of this alien show coming down. You're like, wow, this is great. And then you move into the scene with all of them versus Ebony Maw and Cole Obsidian. And Iron Man has like his new nano suit that we hadn't seen before. And he just like blasts it off. And it's like, oh my gosh, this movie's amazing. And then he just keeps on going, going, and going, and going. And that's the point of this movie. Like, it's a roller coaster. It's nonstop. It just wants to go, 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 go. And I, I have, I mean, I could go on forever about this thing. It's incredible. It's, I, 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 I don't know. I have nothing else to say. It's my favorite, probably one of my favorite movies of all time, if not favorite. I used to go to bed, watch this movie every night. I love it. I, it's a great foundation for Endgame. It's incredibly well written. Thanos is an amazing villain. Even though I don't like that Thor has the hero's journey to get a new weapon, it's an amazing hero's journey. It's really showing like how strong Thor is. And I, I don't... The scenes of like Captain America on Earth, he's interesting, incredible, perfect, bone-chilling. Gives, you t- gives like the tingles and everything. And then you move on to on Titan when Iron Man and all them fight Thanos. Incredible fight scenes showing how powerful Doctor Strange is, who he is definitely the MVP of these movies, if we're going to be perfectly honest here. He does everything. The fight scene against Thanos, he is orchestrating the entire thing, and then he... If Thanos hadn't, like, kind of cheated, he he was holding up really well. And then you have Iron Man's fight scene against Thanos, like, displaying how strong Iron Man is. He did better than everybody else, pretty much, except for Thor and Skrilla Witch. He did incredible. So, it... It's just so much validation. It's so much great storytelling. And then they had the balls to let Thanos win to set up Endgame. Like, I think looking back, we should have all seen it coming because we knew Endgame was a thing. But at that time, we were like, oh my god, Thanos won. Like, hold, they, they did that. They actually let Thanos win and they had the farm scene. That's incredible. Who, who could have thought about that? That doesn't make any sense. And then got me in the theater. Again and again and again. I think I saw it like seven or eight times in theaters. I love this movie. I can't say enough about it. It's it's incredible. Go catching on. Which finishing off of that. Um, this movie was one of the greatest rug pulls in theaters ever. Uh, I went into this as you know. We, we all had the previous knowledge that there, there's going to be two parts to this. That there's going to be a movie after this. Won't be the end. I'm I'm going in with the mindset. Okay, Thanos is going to get two, maybe three of the souls, three of the uh, Infinity Stones. This get this movie, and then we'll we'll finish it up with a final fight in the last in the last one. 
and little was i wrong i just i stepped into that theater and it was a fucking moon elevator of action it just never stopped climbing it never like there like there is like there's not a pace to this film it is zero to 100 till the finish line and it is so enthralling in that like, there's constant meaningful action happening throughout we like seeing seeing where everyone's at at the beginning you know you got tony having his scene with with pepper in the park plotting uh plotting their dinner reservations and other stuff they want to talk about to each other and then seeing the new suit seeing spider-man hopping off of that bus <laughs> on the field trip to moma it's just all so amazing to go through and then how they interwound all they made it all work with so many characters like over 60 characters are in this movie and i feel like maybe maybe two or three of them that deserved more action were a little like didn't get the service they deserved but still that's a lot to juggle and i feel like they did what they could and it's just a masterful stroke of writing and directing throughout this entire film and in regards to that that fight with thanos and tony stark any interactions they have with each other in the movie it just feels like it's different like they they know that they're on the level where they understand what's at stake truly and it just makes that fight so much more invested like you are you're rooting like i'm feel like i'm watching i'm at a sporting event waiting to see like the game winning touchdown of tony winning the fight and just seeing thanos get pushed to the brink of using all of his power that he can to fight this human in a suit is just so amazing. And the, the the how it ends with Tony impaled, Thanos just clutching his skull and saying, I hope they remember you. Oh God, I just, I couldn't stop. I went, I, they, I, they, the theater's got a good $90 from me out of this movie. I kept going back. I couldn't get enough of it. I got it on Blu-ray DVD. I watched it a million times on digital. I will never get tired of watching this film. And that is why it is my number one. Zach, you already uh, let us know what your number one was, but you go ahead and reiterate that. Ah, uh, you know, I think that's why I kind of gave my spiel on it when it was first introduced. <laughs> it actually uh, worked out super well. Really I well. Uh, knew this would probably come up in the very end with Infinity War. I'm glad I didn't really try to explain my thoughts on Infinity War. Very well done movie. Obviously deserves a top three in anybody's list. Um just so happens i think ragnarok's better and uh we'll uh and that's where i'll end that conversation i mean that's fair i what i will say about the mcu is that i like i love these movies i've made my wife watch all these movies i've made her watch them multiple times big flex hmm. well big flex i know i'm hmm. married huh hmm. what's his um, name sorry <laughs> you said wife already fuck <laughs> but um they're great and the thing is, is like once you get to a certain point in like your rankings for these, a lot of them can be switched around. I, you can make the argument that like three through ten are like very close to each other. Like one, uh, one and two obviously far away. If any wearing it, whatever. Those are those are echelons above. But like three through ten, there's a lot of incredible movies in this series. Um, what I will say is that I'm not sure where they're gonna go. Obviously, King the Conqueror has been a uh, What's the word? He's been casting for Ant-Man 3 because for whatever reason, they love putting new and exciting plot lines in the Ant-Man movies. 
I don't, I mean, I love Ant-Man as much as the next guy, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But, um, moving on from that, I don't Honestly, know. I think that's why I haven't moved on from, uh, Endgame. I've, I haven't watched any of the Disney Plus series yet. You haven't watched um, Loki? No, I've not, uh, watched any of them. Okay, for anybody else who hasn't watched Loki, it's amazing. It and makes I, Falcon and Rose look bad. And I hear that every night from you guys. And I know it's probably and I but Loki, you said I think earlier mentioned it that it's um I don't wanna spoil anything, but uh it's not really with the new phase and it's more of like an old phase kind of a thing. Or am I wrong? I think correct me if I'm wrong, Raven, but I think that Loki is going to be incredibly important moving forward with the multiverse and everything like that, because I do think Doctor Strange is kinda of probably gonna be the most important movie after Endgame. With everything that's going to happen there with the multiverse of madness. Yeah. I will say, I'm very excited for the new Spider Man and our Strange movie, though. 100% going to watch it. Oh, yeah. Four movies coming out in the next like six months. It's incredible. That's incredible. Four movies Eternals, Black, Black Widow came out yesterday. Uh, well, whenever we post this, it came out yesterday from when we're talking about this. Um, Shang Chi, and then Spider Man to end the year. It's going to be great. But yeah, um, this has been a great listing as far as our rankings go i really enjoy yes. all that mine one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep definitely not mm-hmm. the guys who had their top three as a consensus <laughs> it was the guy who had rider rock as number one absolutely yep. baby but uh That's me next time uh we're going to go with tv shows top five tv shows we're gonna go with sitcoms but i think everybody's would be about the same so tv shows with more variety a little more uh a little more jazz to talk about. Uh, do you guys have any more closing thoughts? Mm. To make up for all of my mistakes, I will rewatch the MC Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's a good idea. I disclaimer: I've not watched beginning movies in years, so which is fair. Raymond, uh, big thanks to anyone who's still listening for these uh, sixty-six odd minutes we've been talking. Mm. And I can't wait to prep and get ready for the next topic we do. <laughs> if it ever happens. The last time it didn't. But I think this one will. This went pretty well. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will see you on the next one. If they don't kick me out. If we don't kick Zach out. <laughs>